Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. This week's episode is brought to you by the Creative Product Institute. It's time to scale your business to the next level, stop wearing all the hats, and get the business and life balance that you dream of. Head to sarahjcross.com for more information. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross, and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies, and stories to support and guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking with Riz McDonald, who's a lawyer with over 16 years' experience working with creatives, designers, and entrepreneurs in making sure that they know the legal ins and outs of running a fully legitimate, successful, and protected business. Welcome, Riz. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Oh, it's great to have you here. And um, it's great that we were having a little chat just before we started the, the podcast. And um, I have personally used your services. So I can definitely vouch for you that you know your stuff. And it's so, so good to have someone that can do do things so well and be so accessible. And I think, you know, everyone always thinks lawyers are so expensive, but, you know, you've, you've done it, created a really great platform that entrepreneurs, small business owners can actually access uh, all your good documents and templates and put it in place in their business. So Perfect. thank you so, so much. So to kick off, so why is it so important for product businesses to set themselves up properly when it comes to the legal side of their business? Oh, my goodness. So many reasons. Um, let me try and um, unpack that a wee bit. So as an e-commerce business, let's just say, or even if you have bricks and mortars as well, you have to comply with the Australian consumer law. So you need to make it clear to the person visiting your website or visiting your store, you know, they, what your refund policy is, for example, what your returns and refund policy is, as an example. When they land on your website, you know, you're going to have products on there with details, descriptions, ingredients, etc. You need to have website terms and conditions that outline what they can do, what the terms of use, what are the terms of being on your website, what are the terms for buying your product. And having that understanding is not just um, important from a legal perspective, but also from a consumer confidence perspective. They know who they're dealing with. They know what they're getting. They know what they can do if something were to go wrong, for example. So it's important from that perspective. The other thing is, as uh, you know yourself and um, uh, and for the listeners who don't know, if you want to collect email addresses to market to them, you need to have a privacy policy. You need to be con- obtaining consent to that future marketing and complying with something called the Spam Act as well. So it's really, really important that you understand um, and comply with those things and so therefore have a privacy policy. You know, the website T's and C's and privacy policy are pretty important documents because, as I said uh, before, they do inspire consumer confidence as well, as well as um, setting expectations, setting, you know, being clear with what you do and don't do with their information, for example, so they will be happy to hand over that information and frankly, you know, building an email list is should be on the top of your list uh, yes. because it's a great source of income that doesn't cost you as much as paid advertising if you build yeah. that list up properly. Yeah, fabulous. 
And the other point actually I wanted to make about that is um, when people start their businesses, they're not necessarily thinking ahead. So imagine if one day you wanted to sell your business. If you have the right terms and conditions on your website and obtain the correct consent, when you sell your business and also that database that you've collected, you can do so confidently knowing that you collected those yeah. addresses legally and you have the right to then on sell that as part of your business yeah. as well. And I guess having something like that to protect the boundaries and the legalities in your own business, if there is um, any disputes, you can actually refer people to this section on your website, Absolutely. you know, in terms of things, um, because a lot of people do go into business without any type of, um, well, I know I've, I've spoken on many occasions to people in partnership that have no agreement in place. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> that would make me very nervous. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in being proactive rather than reactive because being yeah. proactive is a lot cheaper than being reactive. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's like if I, I, I shop online, most people these days shop online, right? So when you go to a website and you don't know who you're dealing with, you, do, you don't know what they're going to do with your information, you don't know what their returns policy is or any of those things, then you're less likely to buy from them. And yeah. the other thing is Google and Facebook expect you to have these things as well. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. So, Riz, what do you think stops business owners from knowing the legal ins and outs of business? Um, combination of things, I think, firstly, they just don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and let's be honest, building a beautiful website, coming up with a new logo is a lot more fun and exciting yeah. than thinking about the legal implications yeah. of running yeah. a business, to be yeah. honest. Um, and also, you know, sometimes people put it on the back burner because they think it's too expensive yes. um, as well. And, Not um, and, Yes. Um, and, and, and they're the sort of tend to be the two kind of main reasons, shall we say, where uh, legals are not addressed. And unfortunately, then you have a scenario of being reactive when something goes wrong. So mm -hmm. um, it's so important, therefore, to be proactive and, and, and get an understanding of your legals, your financials, as well as the marketing and the branding and all the yeah. other good stuff that goes with yeah. setting up a new business. Yeah. And it is really, like you said, you know, it's, it's better to be proactive than reactive for, you know, the cost of, you know, a few hundred dollars or, you know, three or four hundred dollars to have everything set up correctly and watertight on your website would save you thousands down the track if you come into a dispute. And also, as you mentioned, it adds value to a future um, purchaser of your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and, and the other thing is, you know, when um, a lot of problems tend to occur when there's not enough communication or the right kind of communication. So when somebody comes to your website, I mean, it's lovely that you have a beautiful website and it's easy to navigate, you know, and the product descriptions are amazing, et cetera. But they're going to want to know, well, how much is the shipping and what is your returns policy and what happens if there's a problem and who do I contact and all those kind of things. And all those kind of things are yeah. important. Yeah. And, um, and you can layer that through your website. You know, you don't just have to have it in your website. Presences. You can, I would highly recommend that the returns, refund and shipping should be separate pieces because they're some of the most important parts of a purchaser's decision. Yeah, absolutely. I look at the refund policy. You know, I look at yeah. um, reviews, you know, a social yes. post, 
But then I also look at, you know, refund, um, you know, if I'm even purchasing sort of something online, you know, what happens if I don't feel that there's value or what, you know, like, and you've got to know up front because, you know, that's what it's there for to protect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, if you think about it from an administrative perspective, if you have that information on your website included, maybe also in your FAQs, and maybe where your product descriptions are, if you include it there, so you're layering that information, then there's less likely to have lots of emails coming through asking you the same question over and over again, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's right. Saves time. So what's important, Riz, to consider from a legal point of view when you're starting out a new business? Um, so a couple of things. If you're a product-based business, you should look at insurances, for example, as well. So I know that's not legal per se, but highly recommended and um, and in some cases uh, maybe a requirement depending on the product as well. Make sure that your um, you know your labeling is in compliance. If you're manufacturing your own product and look just because you have it manufactured in China does not mean you're not considered the manufacturer here in Australia. So you need to make sure the labels are correctly uh, and correspond with any legal requirements, depending on your product. Um, make sure you have website terms and conditions, um, as well as a privacy policy. And if you have any certain kind of products that, um, you know, related to skincare or health that are promoting health benefits, make sure you have the right disclaimers as well. Um, just trying to think those are the kind of things you should definitely have. The other thing is, um, your website terms and conditions will also include language around uh, protecting your intellectual property and your ability to use the reviews that you collect on your website and you know create captions and other content for your socials from that so you have that permission embedded into your website please and see as an example um so you can then use that social proofing there's so many different ways in which those having those right legals can um, further expand on what you can do then with any content on your website and also to protect the content on your website. So if you have any original content like blog articles or images, um, then the person using your, coming to your website and using that content for their personal use, that's fine. But if they then take those images, take that content and commercialize it, then that's not fine. You know, yes. so putting them on notice through your website terms and conditions, having a little C in a circle and the year and your company name in the footer, these mm. are all great things to have. Not that they are legal requirements, that C in a circle, the disclaimer oh. at the bottom, but yeah, it's certainly uh, uh, putting them on notice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. So what do we need to consider legally as we grow our businesses? Well, um, so you're a product-based business, I guess, you know, making sure that the documents you do have on your website, like the website using season privacy policy are up to date, yeah. um, making sure, um, you know, that any emails you collect, uh, you've collected them with consent when you market to them. Um, if you start growing and scaling and hiring people, you need to make sure that I, uh, you have, if you're hiring a contractor as opposed to an employee, making sure that they are genuinely a contractor and not an employee. If you do hire and have a contract with them, by the way, please. Um, and if you do hire an employee, make sure you know, you're know you complying with whatever the award rates are, make sure 
you have a watertight contract, employment contract with them, and make sure you have work cover as well. Um, mm. and, and the right insurance is in place if you have a, a, a factory or warehouse or some kind of physical premises as well. Um, so there's the, some of the things to think about. In addition, if you're purchasing from a wholesaler, um, if you're, um, you know, make sure you have the right contract in place as well around that. They may be the ones who supply you with that contract, but check it, make sure you understand your rights under that contract as well around returns and refunds, because that's going to determine what kind of returns and refunds uh, you offer and timeframes on returns and refunds as well to your end consumer as well. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Fabulous. And so, Riz, what's the most affordable way for business owners to seek the legal advice? Well, um, as you know, we offer a, a free consult. Um, so, and there's other law firms now that do have started offering that. Um, mm. And also, you know, if you're on a tight budget, we offer uh, a number of different types of services. Um, we offer custom temp. When I say custom, let me let me start again. Industry specific, shall we say, template um, uh, to on our website, and they're um, a lot more affordable than one-on-one -on -one custom services that we also offer as well. Yeah. So if you are on a tight budget, we have um, templates. And if you are looking for something that's very unique and custom, we offer that as well. Um, oh. So that's something to think about. And actually, there is one other thing I wanted to mention um, to your previous question about what kind of legal, uh, legal things we need to think about. If you want to grow a brand, you really need to think about whether you should register a trademark uh, oh. and, and register that name because um, uh, registering a business name with ASIC does not give you exclusive rights to that name. And mm. if you want to grow a brand and, and you know, manufacture your own skincare, for example, or your own clothing brand, whatever that might look like, um, then you need to really give some thought and think about your business strategy for your business and your brand uh, with a view to then protecting that name and registering that trademark. But if we take a step back from that, before you come up with that wonderful name, make sure you've done all the right searches so that you haven't gone and registered a business name that somebody else has trademarked. You don't oh, want yeah. that to happen and have to start again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's important to keep those things a little bit under your hat before you announce it to Joe Public so that you've done all the searches, you've yep. checked everything, and then you're able to register that trademark and you've secured the domain name and the social handles, and then you can go yeah. you know, for that. I'm live. Yeah, here I am. Me yeah. Here I am. Yeah. Um, so that's another legal thing that you might, might want to think about in terms of protecting that brand. And mm. um, yeah, and having a business strategy around that as well. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so valuable. I totally agree there. Um, and, you know, it is so important, isn't it, to have these sort of things set up. So um, do you think that? Um, uh, it's important for product business owners to have it all set up so that they are fully protected. Is it just to safeguard them? It's, it's as much to safeguard them as it is the consumer, as well as it is to instill the confidence in the consumer as well. And it just means yeah. that, you know, you're starting on the right foot with everything. As you know yourself, Sarah, you know, a business is, uh, like this, I, I call it a jigsaw puzzle where there's lots of parts 
to that puzzle. There's the legal part, there's the marketing part, there's the financial part, and there's the systems and processes underlying all of that as well. Having the right brand voice and all those kind of things uh, that all together make for a successful business. And when you have one part of the jigsaw missing, it's incomplete. Yeah. It's incomplete. It's always come back to bite you in some way. Correct. And um, yeah, and you do need to comply with consumer laws as well. Yeah. You know, there's um consumers have the right to return a product that's not fit for purpose. If they receive something that's damaged, or if they receive something that doesn't, you know, it's not what they ordered, for example, they've got the right to know how to then return it and what the mechanisms for returning it. And and it makes for a good customer experience as well. Yeah. And how do you feel about um, change of mind, refunds or exchanges? So that's a kind of a business decision, okay? There's a lot of big businesses out there and some small businesses that do offer that. So if you want to offer that, it's not a legal requirement to offer that, by the way, a change of mind. Um, but if you wanted to offer that, you need to think about, well, what does that look like for you as a business? Because shipping is expensive. Okay, yeah. so you may, if you, for example, say you have a minimum order, if you spend $50 on my website, you get free shipping. The person receives that product and they decide, well, I've changed my mind and they want to send it back. Well, who bears the cost of the return? Hmm. You know, because you've already given them free shipping, so you've lost that cost. Okay, yeah. so then the return, who bears the cost of that return? And, and everything else that's involved in that. And should you return, uh, give them money or should you give them a credit? I would credit. highly recommend credit. So they spend credit. in your store, not anywhere else. But mm -hmm. you need to look at the commercials, I guess. Look at your numbers. How much mm -hmm. is it going to cost you to have that change of mind? Is it going to increase customer confidence and the likelihood of other people buying from you? Not a legal requirement to offer it. Yes, I know, because it always seems to be a bit of a grey area. You know, in terms of when you can return something and for what a reason, if it's not a faulty um, or incorrect yeah. product, you know, yeah. where do people stand? And that's why yeah. I think it's so important for you to actually already have in place your terms and conditions and your refund policy and your shipping policy Correct. and all those things, like you mentioned, like we place, um, because that's where. It can that piece of the puzzle. If it's missing, it become it can become a dispute or a um, you know these days people can leave um, you know public messages can take down other businesses with bad yeah. reviews. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, like so, and I think you know with the change of mind, it is going to be boiled down to a business decision. But if you do decide to offer it, make sure that you've explained well how does it work in what circumstances and what needs to happen and who's responsible for the cost of returning the product. Um, is it going to be the business owner or is it going to be the consumer? Mm. You know, because it is a change of mind. Mm. Um, so who who wears that cost in, the, in that scenario? So you need to think about all those things and how it impacts you as a business, whether it's a good selling point to have mm. on your website and it's worthwhile or whether it's something that's going to cost you a lot of money if you're going to constantly get lots of change of minds as well. Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, when it comes to um, clients I've spoke to uh, where there's sizing, such as footwear, 
and clothing, there's a, a higher a higher rate of returns or, you know, because things aren't fitting correctly. So it's like you have to actually spell out who's paying for that, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if you need to exchange, yeah. who, who pays for that and, and do you get a credit note, you know, has the, has the goods been worn or used? Yes, yes. and, and you need to explain. Yeah. And can't resell them, you know, things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So your terms, if you are going to offer that, have to be very, very clear. What are the terms for for, for that to happen? Yeah. And and make it very clear. That's what's super important. Um, it's when you're not clear that yeah. you'll get the complaint. And I see. I see some comments in groups of people having these sort of battles, you know, and they put put it out into sort of social media and say, "This is the photograph, and this is what happened, and the person's washed it this way, and they've." This is, we've never seen anything like it. What should I do? And yeah. some people just say, just to get rid of that person and, and you know, for the stress of what it's worth, just give them their money back because yeah. you don't want a bad review. Yeah, yeah. Then there's that principle thing of, well, if if they've treated it and, and you know, used it and, and um, not followed the guidelines as to how to care for it, yeah. the item, um, should you accept it? You yeah. know, should you talk it back? Uh, it's it's a tricky one in that, you know, it goes back to having very clear terms and conditions. You can use your discretion if you decided to. It depends on each individual situation as well. Um, because sometimes you might, you know, you just get that sense when a client's a red flag client. Yeah. And you may feel that, you know what, it, all the back and forth that's going to happen and the stress as well. Yeah it's actually, I can focus more time growing my business over here and yeah. dealing with nicer clients than yeah. having this person, you know, causing all this angst. And the time and effort involved in the back and forth, it might be actually worth saying, here's a credit note or even a refund so they don't buy from you. Yeah. Um, so, so you can um, make that call, but it depends on each individual situation, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, and, and marrying that up with very clear terms. And also, it's not just your terms and conditions, though. Remember, for customers, knowing what the shipping policy and all those things, um, the returns, etc., are important. So making sure they stand out, not just in your footer, hidden away in your T's and C's, yeah. but at the product level where your product description is it's really worth adding there as well and um also having very clear language in your product descriptions and and having that accessibility to those terms uh, that are important uh, both to you and to that client as well yeah. having them there goes a long way to um mitigating shall we say the risk of uh, a, a poor customer experience uh, mm. as well but obviously you know sometimes you're just going to get I don't want to say rude words, mindful is a podcast, but, you know, you're just going to get red flag clients occasionally and you need to make a call as to how you want to manage them. And look, some businesses are com comfortable with, you know, where somebody's giving them a bad review, the feedback you give them, how you give that feedback, you know, can be important. So don't be afraid of the one-star reviews. Mm. How you respond to them, that's important because the person who comes along deciding whether they should buy from you and see a one-star review they're not going to just see the complaint they're going to want to see how you managed it and how you handled yes. it yes. and it may be that the comment from the client the consumer says a lot more about the consumer 
you know. I always read the reviews, particularly if I'm booking a restaurant or accommodation, you know, some sort of holiday because it's obviously a bigger chunk of money that you're putting yeah. towards something. Yeah. And you generally can tell when there's a someone that's unreasonable with unrealistic expectations, like let's say on Airbnb, overall they've got, you know, 50 reviews and 48 of them are amazing reviews. Yeah. Then there's two people about it was dusty or the shower pressure wasn't good. or yeah. And then it is interesting. I always read how they respond in a professional way but yeah. outlining that we did say to you we, you could have um, a late checkout, you know, like that they actually yeah. explain Absolutely. it and tell. Like, yeah. Absolutely. So, it's, so like I said, don't be afraid of the one-star reviews. It's how you respond to them yeah. um, is important. And other people will see that. And if you've got hundreds of other five star reviews and you've got a few and uh, one star reviews mixed in, and, and to be honest, people like to see all of that. They, they don't want to just see your five star reviews, they want to see how you manage the, the three and two and one star reviews as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fabulous. That's such good advice. So, Riz, um, when it comes to dealing with copycats in the product industry, what is your advice and, and like what sort of steps would you recommend taking when approaching another business that has, you feel, directly copied your product? Oh, my goodness. That's a, a bit of a tricky one. It depends on each situation. But whatever you do, don't get angry and publicly I've you seen know, that. <laughs> comment on that because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. For example, the business owner who's selling that copycat product may all the content that they've copied off your website say if it was copied they might not have done it they might have hired somebody to work for them and are none the wiser about it it, it, it may be that kind of scenario um but if you are in a situation where you feel that somebody has copied your content or your uh, product design or something like that then make sure you gather all the evidence mm -hmm. um so it doesn't just disappear, uh, for example, uh, gather all of that evidence and reach out to them. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, if that doesn't work, then you may need to consider, depending on the uh, complexity and the, you know, how bad it is as well, uh, whether you need to then engage a lawyer to send a cease and desist on your behalf yeah. and, and then take it from there, take those steps. Because, um, you know, when you copy somebody's content or somebody copies your content or your designs, et cetera, that's your copyright, it's your original content. So it's important that you do try and protect that by having those website terms and conditions that I mentioned that will have language around that as well. But also to, um, you know, reach out to that person, but in a calm, matter of fact manner, make yeah. sure you've gathered all the evidence as well. Yes. And um, yeah, so just make sure you do all of these things. You can protect your content through a couple of different ways and your brand. So, you know, you might have a beautiful, say, skincare brand and somebody else comes along and kind of copies elements of what you do. But, you know, there's um, if you have a very beautiful brand name that you've hopefully registered as a trademark, then you can protect that whole element, not just. Um, mm. The design element so for example if somebody else comes along and start using your name for example mm. as well just misspelling it mm. you can um, rely on your trademark registration to protect you 
if they copy your design and you can prove, you know, this is your original design, then you can, um, from a copyright perspective, you can protect yourself as well. So there's a number of different ways in which you can protect yourself as well as having those legal terms on your website and reaching out to that person in the first instance to see if that will work and failing that, then contact um, a lawyer to help you with a cease and desist and for that to be removed. But it's going to be on a case by case basis as well as the, because there's a lot of content out there that is, you know, there's themes, shall we say, and there's a lot of color schemes, et cetera, that a lot of people you know, there's lots of, I'm trying to think of the word, I can't remember the word I'm thinking of, but there's, you know, there's elements that are the same in, um, out there on website designs, for example, um, the, the way in which um, patterns are used on logos and all that kind of stuff, there are similarities, so you just need to decide on a case-by-case basis. Um, yes. I certainly, you know, look at things and compare to decide whether, and I work with a client to ascertain whether it's a genuine um breach of their copyright or is it that they both are using something that's freely available or licensable uh from elsewhere as well so you've got to look at all those factors yes i've actually had a past client who was quite shocked someone had sent the website and the uh the website was selling the exact same product as her but they had actually even lifted the not just the copy the photograph on the site which yeah. were of her son using, it was a baby brand, of her yeah. son on their website. So they'd taken photos. So it wasn't just stock images. It was actually wow. her children right. on her own website. So, you know, some people can go to all sorts of lengths of just simply um, copy and pasting someone else's content yeah. and imagery. And, I mean, you know, yes, China has a bad reputation <laughs> for um but you know copycatting um i guess it's sort of one of those things that you can sort of um you have to be aware of that it's yes. happen. So, absolutely and look it does happen unfortunately with it's the internet it's global um yeah. and you know it, it is going to happen but there's certain things you can do through your website terms and conditions you know having the appropriate copyright notices on your website just to you know flag to people that that's your content registering your trademarks you protect that brand name for example or your logo uh, your original logo that you have created for your brand name you protect those two trademarks for example when you do all of those things you can then confidently go out there and reach out to that person and say hey this yeah. is my content or this is my brand you're using please stop and yes. and like i said you know if you need to take it further and they're not going to stop then yeah. That's when you involve the lawyers. Yeah. Someone like you to yeah. actually yeah. be a bit more hard-hitting. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. Well, that's really, really solid advice. I mean, in everything we've spoken about today, um, I think, like I mentioned at the start, I, what I like that you've done is made it accessible to people so they don't need to feel uh, afraid that it's going to cost them an arm and a leg or that they just um, would choose to just disregard or not even consider that they they might think they don't need it um i think that's you know with your business what you've offered is for small business owners to be able to put in place something that will help protect their brand and their business and um avoid those types of conflicts and disputes that can happen when communication is not clear or the amount of posts i read from people who 
send away their product off to someone who says they're an influencer and then they get nothing back. Oh, my goodness, look, yes. I think majority of the time, I mean, you'd hope that an agreement would have exchanged, yes. would have signed something or there would have been an email to say, yeah, you need an I'm agreement in place in exchange, yeah, in exchange yeah. for this. Yes. And um, yes. I saw one today and then that same influencer had come back to, to someone that she'd never delivered any of the services on. Oh, and she's put it out in a social group and said, you know, what do you do? And I think the thing is um, from the get-go everyone was like, so did you have an agreement in place? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, look, you could potentially rely on, you know, a stream of emails back and forth, but let's be honest, you would have to piece together all those emails and what is it going to prove exactly? Um, when you have a proper contract in place, it will set out what the termination rights are if things go wrong. It will set out what happens to the product if the influencer doesn't go ahead, whether yeah. you get that product returned to you or the value of that product, you know. Um, you have all that clarity. And also the scope of what the influencer must do is important. But is this influencer going to post three posts and a reel? What are they going to do exactly? You need to have that documented yeah. and uh, so that you can rely on that. And also language to say, well, what happens if they don't meet their obligations? What does that look like? So you can rely on those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Well, that's wonderful, Riz. Thanks so much for being here today. You're and very everyone, welcome. I hope you found today's chat as exciting and informative as I did. Uh, Riz, if anyone listening to the podcast is wanting to get um, some of their, you know, legalities um, in place and agreements, where can they find you? What's the best place? Uh, so, um, I live a lot on Instagram, so at find with two Ds legal. Uh, also, our website with the same uh, spelling, um, find with two Ds legal dot com. Um, and there you will find a, a link to book in a free consult if you need to have a quick chat. And we can have a chat to see if we're the right fit or, or guide you to either the template or custom services, depending on your needs. Um, and we also, yeah, we have links to our custom services there as well. And we've got lots of free resources. We actually have a um, SAT business checklist that might be useful to your listeners as well. It's completely free. Um, and yeah, there's some handy links in there and just some, a few things to think about as you start your business journey. Yeah, thank you. That's really fabulous. It's so good to, to have someone like you and, and your resources. Yes, there are some good free checklist there just to tick off and make sure you have got all the pieces for the puzzle yeah absolutely i've got um I, I even got a spam chart as well so you can understand when you're sending marketing emails in what circumstances so that's pretty helpful as well and look i used to run an e-commerce business and i run find legal on shopify i love shopify and yeah. i wanted to run um uh, my legal business online and I wanted yeah. to do it through Shopify so I get the yeah. product uh businesses out there I get them I've been yeah there. yeah fabulous so it's uh if you've loved this episode make sure to share it with a friend or leave us a review so more people can find us it's time for me to say goodbye and I'll see you in our next episode Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.